This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Stamball picked off. He's around Chase right now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Showing what's for Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings. After one of the biggest weekends in racing, even though there was not racing within 800 miles of this state, uh, it was a huge weekend. Rich France was on location, I was on flow, and we got a lot to talk about, so let's get into it, including what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Big news out of the dirt sprint car world for the Mitten State. The All-Star Circuit of Champions will make a return to Michigan, not once, but twice in 2023. Weekend culminates with stops at Tri-City Motor Speedway in Auburn before coming down to Butler Motor Speedway in Quincy for the first time in several years. I was at the last All-Star race at Butler. It was a long time ago. And so it's a double shot for Michigan in 2023. More details and uh, that full schedule available online. In news from behind the steering wheel, Steve Needles will not be returning to the Brian Short number 14 in 2023. This marks the end for a duo that captured Outlaw Crown Jewel events and championships. More news in the coming weeks ahead as to where Needles will land for the rest of uh, his uh, probably tenure. And that's what's happening in the Motor City Minute. Good evening, welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me with a nice tan and a cocktail. Good evening, sir. Not anymore, man. I am <laughs> gassed. I am out. I am done. It, it, I'd have been sleeping by now if we didn't have to do this tonight. I, I, I have, um, yeah, too many friends in Florida and too much racing. That uh, That is not a good combination. Just so you know, <laughs> it's it's not the racing that gives you the hangover in the cotton mouth the next morning. But you tell you tell the story however you need to. Yeah, well, that's probably true. Is that, but I, I'll tell you, I had a great four days down in Pensacola. Um, and after, like we always talk about, the seemingly never-ending rotation of practice and practice and practice. Um, it, it was time to get busy when it mattered on Friday night. Uh, and once again, the Snowball Derbies qualified under the lights at Five Flag Speedway. Zach, get this. The top 30 would lock in it to the Derby. And this year, only three-tenths of a second from number one to number 30. Can you wow. believe that? Wow, what a field. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. And it, and it was a tenth and a half to either lock in or have to go to the last chance qualifier. That was Unreal. the difference. Unreal. You can't blink. You can't even blink that. Right. You know, exactly. And, and, it, and it was that tight. So it was just amazing. Um, and for the first time since 2018, a different driver would be leaning in the field to green. Uh, Josh Berry would lay down a blistering lap and would hold off Matt Craig, Connor Jones and Derek Thorne. Uh, who seemed to have that spot reserved for him in recent years. Um, I was able to catch up with Josh to get his thoughts. Down in the pit area after final practice for the Snowball Derby, and uh, we've caught up with this gentleman, fastest guy in the house last night. Josh Berry, you put it on the pole. Talk about that lap last night. Yeah, no, it was, it was obviously uh, 
phenomenal laugh, really. Um, you know, we've had a really good weekend since we've been here. I feel like we've made good adjustments. We've had good practices. We've steadily been improving, and we felt like going into qualifying that, you know, we would have a shot to get a, you know, a solid, solid starting spot for sure. I'm not sure that we felt like a pole was our goal, but... Um, you know, obviously we, we hit a great lap there, had a good draw and, and, and all those things that work in your favor there and was able to get it done. You were 18th quickest in the final practice, but that doesn't tell the whole story. Uh, you turned a lot of laps, over 50 laps, and what I saw was not a ton of drop-off in this 26 machine. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, we, we liked a, maybe a little bit on the first part of the run. I think we kind of know, know what we need to do there. But, yeah, I really was trying to really focus, not, not worry about the lap times. We know it's going to be different tomorrow. We know the track's going to get slick and just make sure the car's driving well. And I think we're close, man. I feel, feel like these guys have done a great job. I feel like we're right, right where we need to be. And, you know, we need to make a few small adjustments. But, you know, I, I agree with you. I feel like we're, we're in the ballpark for sure. It's, there's a lot of money up for grabs for lap money. And you're the one leading this field to green. Uh, is that in the back of your mind to try to collect some of that along the way? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously that'd be nice if we could lead as many laps as we could. I know um, that would definitely help us all out. But you know, we want to lead lap 300, so we're gonna we're gonna race like race like that and try to make it to the end, run all the laps, and, and see what happens. Right? I think I feel like we've you know we've kind of started to separate ourselves as one of the better cars and. Um, you know, that's a really good feeling coming down here and do this. I don't have a lot of experience in a super late model, so to be able to come down to a race like this and, and have, uh, have the weekend we've had has been a lot of fun. You know, we just need to, you know, we're going to make some good adjustments tonight and be ready to race. Do you take anything from the fact that the guy that led the last two snowball derbies for almost over 290 laps uh, didn't end up finding victory lane? You're, I'm sure you're well aware of that. Oh, yeah. No, I've watched those races very closely, right? I mean, it's, it's tough, you know, but, I mean, Derek's going to be, phenomenal this I'm sure he's going to be great this weekend I mean he's a you know a hell of a race car driver so he's going to be up front um, for us to even beat him out on the pole is pretty cool and uh, you know after he was going for four in a row so I think he's he's probably the best car but like I said we're all we're all working hard to try to try to catch him and you know I've been um, you know I've been in Derek's position a lot in the late model stock world it's sometimes it's, it's hard when you're when you're the best car to, to stay on top of it so uh you know, well, like I said, it's a long race. A lot, a lot of things can happen, but I'm excited for tomorrow. Let's talk about uh, before we let you go. The last couple of years, do you, you ever wake up and start pinching yourself and say, "Wow, I, I can't believe where I was at and, and where I'm at now." I mean, you just, I don't know how you can explain it. Can you? No, it's hard to explain. I mean, obviously, it's been a whirlwind, and and I'm very thankful for you know all the opportunities that I've got. Right? I mean. I saw myself a couple years ago being a you know a career short track racer forever and and to get an opportunity with with JRM at the Xfinity level and and you know in a way make the most of it and uh, win a race and, and turn that into a full time opportunity has been really special you know it's it's hard to do that I mean we see nowadays it's harder and harder to uh, make that jump so you know it really means a lot to be even get to this point and and have the success that we've had so we're. Uh, we're just trying to keep it going as long as we can. Well, Josh, this Brackley War team has put a heck of a car under you. Good luck tomorrow. Take care of it. Bring it home. Yeah, thank you, man. And Zach, a young man we see uh, all the time in our region, especially with Champion Racing Association, Albert Francis out of Painesville, Ohio, locked himself into the show through qualifying. An amazing qualifying effort for Albert. Uh, and I caught up with the young man who hadn't even seen the racetrack ever.
until Thursday. Well, we're down here in the tech line prior to the Snowball Derby, and uh, I'm standing with our lone representative from the north, from the Great Lakes region, that we get to see run quite a bit throughout the Midwest, uh, Ohio and Michigan, Indiana, Albert Francis. Man, you put this thing in the show on Friday, uh, only the second time in this car. You ran it a week ago, but that had to make you feel comfortable. Yeah, for, for never being here, and uh, Thursday was my first ever laps here. We, we uh, actually didn't even know we were going to come until uh, Tuesday morning when he called me and said we were good to go. So I had to fumble to find all my flights to get here Wednesday night, and uh, I mean, we're here and we're in the show, so that's half the battle. How long did it take you to wipe the big smile off your face when you found out you were coming to the Snowball Derby? <laughs> I, I don't know if I was uh, as happy as I was as I was nervous. I was just, uh, you know, everybody talks about how hard it is to make the race, and nobody ever wants to come all the way down here and miss the show. So You're going to roll off 24th. Now it's a whole different plan, 300 laps. Where's your mind going into that? And, and are you just saying, I'm going to run every lap I can if the car will do what it whatever find out what kind of a car i have or and is the goal to just make sure you finish 300 laps uh it's it's always a goal to finish but i think the biggest deal here is it kind of drives like north wilkesboro where like stuff wears out real quick and you just got to save your stuff so i feel like there's going to be some guys that are that are going to take off early and i i definitely feel like there's going to be some that are going to save their stuff and you'll you'll see that comers and goers as we go Tell me about the people. This is your chance. We'll give them a shout out uh, from your home, from your family-owned team that jumped on board to help you do this deal. Yeah, it's uh, Hapco Tool and Development, Steve, and uh, it's going to be Eastern Excavating and just Precision Mulching, LNR Asphalt, uh, Pro Quality Demolition. It, I couldn't do it without them. Albert, uh, great job getting the show. Good luck this afternoon. Thank you. Then Zach, it was time for a. Uh... To, to race for real on Saturday with the Snowflake 100 on tap for the Pro Late Models. And right before the field was set to go green, Mother Nature made her unwelcome appearance by the time the showers disappeared and track drying complete. It was after midnight, and the race took the checkers at about 1 a.m. Uh, but in the end, it was Casey Roderick leading all 100 laps, giving him the opportunity to claim the rare weekend double. And due to the race finishing technically on Sunday, uh, I caught up with Casey on the real Sunday morning in the tech line to debrief his win and get his thoughts on his derby chances. Well, back in the tech line here before the 55th annual Snowball Derby, and uh, we last talked to this gentleman on the program after he picked up his All-American 400 win in Nashville. Um, he's got a couple of wins this weekend. We'll talk about that. But uh, last night, Casey, you picked up the win in the Snowflake 100. Um, man, that's got to be a feel pretty good going into today yeah absolutely anthony came for racing gave me a great race car last night and uh you know with that rain delay we we're all anxious to get out there and see what we got you know because you know we've been good in practice and uh qualifying went really good so we were ready for the race and just uh we wanted to make sure we had track position there and didn't lose too many spots try to control the race best as possible and uh feel like we managed it very well we're fighting a little bit of jet dryers going around and some cars firing up but that wasn't the only win. We talked about your win in the truck race uh, the other night, too. Uh, and then we were running. I wonder if anybody's walked out of here with three trophies and you gave me a big old smile. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be. It, it'd be really cool to uh, to be able to do that. I don't know. We have to look look up some uh, some history on that. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure uh, if anybody's done that. So, um, 
but that's not what we're focused on today we're we're, we're trying to uh get this supercar handling right been struggling all week with it so uh it's gonna be different today with it we made some changes uh before uh rolling through through tech here to get ready to stage for uh uh today's race and get this thing warmed up fired up and uh hopefully on kill mode we talked a little bit briefly about an omen you're gonna start 25th and that's your car 25 on the door of that thing um got to be something behind it maybe huh hopefully it'll bring you some luck today i hope so 25s are lining up today we got we're starting 25th door number's 25 and the chassis number from hamke race cars is 25 so maybe we can make something happen casey congratulations on your win last night good luck this afternoon uh, thank you i appreciate it and then zach it was time for 300 laps of exciting door-to-door -door racing action for the lead well not so much just like last year um Derek Thorne would start uh, from the outside pole, picked up the lead on lap one uh, over Josh Berry. Uh, and then Derek Thorne would go on to lead every green flag lap. We got down to the end, 10 laps to go, four cautions. Derek Thorne had to be out of his mind in that race car. Uh, and we'll hear a little bit more from him in a minute. But he finally picked up that coveted uh, Tom Dawson trophy that's been eluding him. And I caught up with not only a happy, but relieved Derek Thorne in post-race tech. Well, the 55th annual Snowball Derby is in the books, and we are in the technical inspection area, and I am standing with the winner of the 55th annual Snowball Derby, Derek Thorne. That's got a better taste to it, doesn't it? It does, man. What a rough couple years. You know, we finished second two years in a row, and we led a lot of laps, but it's crazy to think we come back for a third year in a row and have the same speed we had prior. Um, long run speed, short run speed was great all day. Yeah, you know, we got off front right away and were able to manage the race the best we could. But man, what a what a great car! And it's 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 something special. This is Byron and Carol Campbell's last race as a team. So to end that, then this on that note, man, I don't know if you can paint a bigger picture or better picture than that. We all know there's a lot of emotions in our sport. The last two years, we talked after the race. The emotions were totally different. Right. Um, Tell me the emotions you're going through inside 10 laps to go, and there's four cautions. You had to have been outside your mom. There was some of us talking and said, he's got to be dying inside that race car. It's frustrating, to say the least, but uh, it made us work for it. There's plenty of emotional ups and downs those last 10, 15 laps, and luckily it all came out, but there was a three-wide incident going into one on that last restart that uh, could have gone the wrong way. So it's one of those things that you're just hoping for the best, hoping no one gets into you and causes you to spin out, especially that late in the race after you having such a successful day. Did you approach this year any differently? I, I was back here when you were, uh, after qualifying, you were second fastest, you got out of the car and you had a smile on your face. And if before, when you were second, you didn't have a smile. And, and it just seemed like you were a little more relaxed. Um, there were more important things going on here, like you said, with, with your car owners, their last race. Right. Uh, did that make you more comfortable inside the car? Um, I think just I'm older, right? I'm 36, and we've been in these, mo in these moments before. So you just, as you get older, I think you get caught up less, you get less caught up in the emotional side of it as, as you do. But there's still a lot of nerves underneath the surface. Uh, maybe I just get better at hiding them as I get older. But at the end of the day, you know, this team has just done such a great job. And it's been a decade with Byron, and I, I don't even, I know we won 60 or 70 races on the West Coast and six SRL championships, two ARCA championships. I think we've led, uh, to, to think if you would have told me 10 years ago when I first came to the Derby that in 10 years I'd be the the lead the lead lap, I guess, lap leader, lap leader of all laps ever led at the Snowball Derby. I'd slap myself, tell me you're lying. 
Um, so just have that in your back pocket and to have those stats and to have a team this strong is something special. And I think to do it three years in a row says a lot. And I don't know that you'll see that all that often, but it's a pretty special occurrence when it does. Before we let you go, Snowball Derby champion, what's that mean to you? Uh, it hasn't sunk in yet, but it'll be the, be the best and biggest event um, award that I probably ever, ever achieve in my life. And it's something I've been shooting for for the last decade. You know, people see the success, but people don't see the failures. So when you see the when you have the failures and you have what happened today, it's uh, all that all that hard work um, pays off. Derek, awesome job! Congratulations, you're a snowball derby champion, my friend. Thank you. Sammy Smith would take a couple shots at Thorin late, but really had to settle for second unless he was going to cause a big three wide mess down in turns one and two. And uh, I grabbed Sammy for a quick word, who up. Uh, didn't seem like he was interested in talking a whole lot, but we got a hold of him anyway. Well, down on the main straightaway after the 55th annual Snowball Derby, Sammy Smith, a runner-up finish here. Man, you were not happy with this car all weekend. How did you end up with a finish like this? Yeah, I knew we had a good race run car, just struggled with qualifying trim, and uh, you guys fought hard all day. Just when we put on tires right at the end, just got too tight, and, and uh, you know, just didn't have a shot. But overall a good weekend and we'll come back next year you had a whole lot of opportunities with those restarts inside 10 laps to go looked like you had a couple good restarts just not quite enough to get to Derek's bumper yeah yeah definitely not good enough i think you know congrats to them and uh we'll we'll try again next year awesome job congratulations thank you and then zach uh, finally our third place finisher steven nassi who was uh trying to make a piece of history himself by sweeping the final three crown jewel events if everybody remembers right he picked up the win at the winchester 400 then he Picked up the big win down at the All-American 400. He was trying to make it three in a row. Just fell a little bit short. And I was able to catch up with Stephen uh, to get his thoughts following a really long and tough weekend for the Pinellas Park, Florida driver. Well, continuing victory lane down here on the main straightaway with our third-place finisher, Stephen Nassi. Last couple crown jewels, we were all sitting up there talking to each other. Um, use a provisional get into this race. How thrilled are you to be up here at this time of the night? Uh, of course, it's always exciting, you know, but at the same time, um, you know, I'm a little bit bummed out to be that close to, to being able to win. It uh, it's definitely hurts a little bit, but at the same time, had a good run, and we really didn't have the best car all weekend. You know, we were fighting it all weekend, and, um, you know, I kept on trying to be positive, kept saying we're going to be all right, we're going to be all right, but there was a ton of doubt, you know, in my head that, you know, things weren't going to be all right, and um, we, we pushed right to the field. I felt like I made pretty good time getting to the front. Uh, I mean, what I'd like to get there a little bit faster, but once I caught the guys uh, towards the top five and ten, you know, they were getting a little bit harder to get by. Um, but all in all, it's a good weekend for us and happy with our finish. Inside 10 laps to go, you have a bunch of restarts to give you a chance. But he, he, a bunch of us were talking and said, he is not going to give Steven the bottom. There's no way. And I think you knew that. And, and I think that's probably what you might have needed. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely needed the bottom for sure. Um, you know, he, he, he's able to drive in quite a bit deeper and able to stick the bottom. And I would, I would get to kind of jump on him a little bit on the restart. I kept on getting really good restarts, and I'd almost have a nose on him, but then he would just be able to pull away from me there and rat the bottom, and I'd kind of slide tight. Um, so, like I said, it was all in all a good race. Just didn't get the right, right, right lane at the end. Let's put this in perspective. We'll go back the last race here at Five Flags Speedway. Then you go Winchester 400, All-American 400, and come here. Third place finish kind of put all that into perspective i don't know how you can finish much better at the end of the season right yeah you know um definitely would have liked to get that win that triple crown that's something that um has never happened so to be able to get that done would have been pretty sweet but 
at the end of the day, we came out strong the second half of the season, and uh, especially in the crown jewel races. So that gives me confidence going into next season. Uh, hopefully we can figure something out for the the, uh, the weekly shows, you know, the regular series races. Uh, we're just still lacking in that area a little bit. But, um, you know, we'll work on it, and uh, we'll be back. Steven, nice job, my friend. Thank you. Well, Zach, that puts a wrap on it. Uh, man, we had a really good time down there. Uh, hung out with the Select Motorsports safety team. Uh, everybody was fun. I I, I do got to reach, say a special thank you to the Rackley War team and and, and Willie Allen. Man, they I, I went and talked to Willie and uh, about the Josh inter, Josh Berry interview, and he says, "Just tell me what time I'll have him here for you." Sweet. And so so Will, Willie did a great job. Of course, uh, we have a relationship with him. Scott Menlin does as well. So um, it, it was great. I had a great time. Did you get to catch any of it? I didn't get to see any of the Snowball Derby on Sunday at all, but uh, when I heard that Derek Thorne finally got the job done, I seem to remember me saying at some point that he was going to pick up this win, uh, either that or the All-American 400. So I was glad that uh, I got another one right. Uh, in the win column, so I uh, was glad to hear that. Uh, also, you went, you went out on that big branch again, that didn't big you? limb, <laughs> that big trusty sturdy limb. I went out on. Also, I mean, what is the deal with Stephen Nassi not qualifying for the show and driving his way through the field for another podium finish? I mean, this cat, if he could ever qualify for the show, he might have 15 of these wins by now. Uh, so uh, I know he's had a big stressful weekend, but uh, nonetheless, it was uh, it was kind of neat to see that again. So uh, cool stuff for him. He had to take a provisional to get in. Yeah. He's, as you would say, Zach, he started trunk. That's right. Okay. There wasn't anybody behind him he had to worry about. Um, and he was just driving his way through to the front in a hurry, mind you. He did not, he did not alter his pit stops to get track position. He drove through the field. And like you said, he had a stressful weekend. He had a whole lot going on. And how he was able to put all that aside and – uh, man, just concentrate on. I got so much respect for Stephen Nassie after that performance. I thought, I thought what he did was tougher than what Derek Thorne did. There you go. All right, let's talk about the other big race over the weekend that I did get a chance to watch some racing action from, and that was the Castrol Gateway Dirt Nationals presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts from the Dome in America Center in St. Louis. What a weekend of racing! I got to watch uh, the main events on Friday and Saturday night. Got to see our buddy Cody Bauer put it to the field and go to victory lane on Friday night. Uh, started on the pin, made that race car wide and made it look fast in that 19X and uh, went to victory lane collecting $5,000 in the process and winning over the hearts of hundreds of thousands of race fans all across the country. And then that set things up for Saturday, Rich, where again, Cody Bauer would lead the field to green in his 19X machine. Things didn't go quite as well. Uh, for Bauer this time around. He'd lose the lead just a couple of laps in and start to fall through the top half of the field. Uh, not too bad, though. He'd bring that car home in seventh, but the story that took, one of two stories that took away the Gateway Dirt Nationals was that of Tyler Erb as he won Saturday night at the Dome at the Americas, capturing the $30,000 prize and shocking America when he told everybody in victory lane that Wednesday night, he had lost his father to a heart attack, and his father had passed away. He made it very clear in Victory Lane that that was the first that he had told anybody outside of immediate family about the passing of his dad. No friends, no outside family, no media, nobody. 
knew that his dad had passed away, other than clearly his mom, who was in victory lane crying as well. And uh, that was the emotional story for Turbo Tyler Herb to pick up that big win. The other story came out of the modified race, and I don't even, I got to be honest with you, Rich, I'd have to look and see. Let me think about it. Ricky Thornton Jr. wins the big show on Saturday night. Why do I have to think about it? Because Kenny Wallace stole the show on Saturday during the win and you're in last chance qualifier. The St. Louis native had one lap to come from second and win to get in, and he did just that. He dove to the inside of the race leader in turns one and two, drag race down the back straightaway, clean move into turns three and four, and Kenny Wallace won the win, and you're in. Last chance qualifier, and the dome at America Center came off of its hinges. Kenny Wallace got out of the car, did the Ric Flair on the roof. It was one of the coolest spectacles in racing. And then, of course, you know that post-race Kenny Wallace interview was uh, was was unmatched as well. Uh, but uh, RTJ ends up getting the win, Ricky Thornton Jr., in the modified nightcap. Rich, tickets aren't available yet, but I'm getting them. As soon as they become available, I don't know if my wife knows this yet. I don't know if she can overhear me from outside the studio. As soon as they become available, I'm buying tickets to next year's Gateway Dirt Nationals. What I want to know, is there some home remodeling now that needs to be done at the Heiser household from Friday night watching Cody drive into that win. I'm telling you. How many floorboards did you ruin <laughs> jumping up and down? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It was so cool to see him get that done. And then Friday, you know, I felt like a spot. I'm like, come on, Cody. A little lower, a little lower. Oh, there you go. Put the block on him. There you go. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Too bad he can't see what you could see. <laughs> I know. I know, man. It was, it was so cool. And then, of course, uh, you know, props to his dad. Dad, uh, Chad the dad, Bauer, as he was introduced uh, for his main event Saturday night. Uh, he brings it home in seventh. Cody brings it home in seventh. Great weekend for the Bowers. Uh, great weekend. There were a lot of guys from our region that went uh, and had a good time. Chase Berta was there. Uh, of course, uh, we, we know that Rusty Schlenk was there. So was Colin Shipley. Um, we saw Carson Hosevar elected to take his invitation to the Gateway Dirt Nationals rather than try for the Snowball Derby, which I think is intriguing. And... Um, yeah, we had a pretty good representation there from the Great Lakes region. I got to put this out there because we got a year to think about it. It's a week later than the Snowball Derby. Hmm. Hmm. Should we should we do an on location from there next year? I mean, it doesn't sound like a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Horsepower Happenings hits the road to the Gateway Dirt Nationals 2023. You heard it here first. Uh, so I'm telling you, that race is so cool. Those guys look like they have so much fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, here's, here's the thing. When you see a shot of Scott Bloomquist holding the tall boy just looking for a seat to watch the main events, that's how you know the Gateway Dirt Nationals is a race built for fans because that cat stuck around and wanted to watch the feature races. And now it's our pleasure to bring in the man who got the job done over the weekend on Friday, and man, did he look good in the early parts of Saturday. Uh, Cody Bauer, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Man, oh, man, you sound uh, much calmer and, and more relaxed than I would if I had picked up $5,000 at the Castrol uh, Gateway Dirt Nationals over the weekend. you got to tell me about this whole experience. Uh, I know you've gone before, but, man, getting an opportunity to park it in victory lane, uh, you know, then the flow racing guys are talking about fans rallying around the little guy, and, and that's you, and uh, getting a start on the pin in the big show. I mean, this this whole weekend for you, what an experience. Kind of take me through it a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely uh, something i never seen going into the weekend. You know, our, uh, our main goal was just making the show and, you know, and just trying to put it in the big race, and we went out and qualified – Friday and 
was second overall behind Turbo, which was was pretty dang good. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, put us on the pole for the the heat race, and we ended up winning that. And drew the front row for the for the main event on Friday, and I'm like, oh guys, we might have a actual shot at it here. And um, you know, we put our heads down and got that thing as close as we could get it, and and we were going out there for the win, and ended up getting it. So it was it was a pretty awesome deal. Like I said, it still honestly probably hasn't even sank in. But the the amount of people that are at that place, you don't you don't realize it until you're actually there, standing down in the middle of that place, and you look up and see all them people. It's uh, it's so electric in there. It's unreal. Man, my dad told me when I was racing, he said, if you get out front, because we always raced with equipment that was a little under-budgeted and it was a little under-par, he said, if you get out in front, you make that race car as wide as you possibly can, and you make them find a way to pass you. And, Cody, man, if you ever took those words to heart, it was on this weekend. That 19 car was about three grooves wider than every other race car out there. Uh, was that your plan from the beginning, was to defend uh, with, with a kind of kind of a unique line? You really weren't chopping guys but you made it really difficult for them to pull alongside of you. Yeah, at the at the beginning there, when I uh, Friday night when we started next to Alberson, um, I went and ripped the lip there for a handful of laps, and I actually drove away from them a little bit. But riding up there, you're it's a sketchy deal up there. You can ruin a race car in a matter of you know a split second. So um, you know, once I got the lead, I'm like, I felt to myself, you know, I need to calm down and get in a good lane where it's going to make them, you know, make it hard for them to get by you. You know, obviously up there ripping the top is, was the, the fastest lane, but it wasn't the safest one. Um, and, you know, I think that's what ended up, you know, getting Alberson there at the end. But, um, yeah, you know, when, once I got the lead, I tried to calm myself down and, like you said, make the, make the car as wide as possible, and, and it paid off. I got to ask you about that because that was the first thing that I saw when I was down at Snowball Derby, when I pulled it up, I saw this picture of you and Alberson. And I, and I, Cody, I came up with it, one of two things happened. <clears throat> you got tight real quick off of turn number two, or you said, there's three laps to go. You ain't winning this race. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had been running that same line for the last 20 laps, you know, and, and he knew that too. He even came down and said he wasn't, he wasn't there enough for me to quite see him yet. And, um, and it just ran out of room. You know, it was like the same deal with, carpenter and o'neill there um almost the same exact thing but heck i had led what it was 20 laps of that race and and he was never you know up beside me like that so um no i didn't i didn't see him or intentionally put him in the wall it was just a race and dealing with like he said to me it's like it was a opening with two to go and i was trying to win the race he's like it was, it was my fault you didn't know i was there so um which you know has a class act from him too he's you know to be hearing that from someone you know, in his category was, was pretty cool too. Talk to me about what happened afterwards, because, uh, you know, it had to been pretty cool there to be honest, there's probably not a ton of fans there that are really familiar with you. Right. And, right. and you're out and you're out there just laying the wood to these guys. I mean, running right with them and you end up in victory lane. It, it had to have been just an emotional experience. Oh, it definitely was. <laughs> it was hard to keep it together, honestly, just cause I couldn't believe it. And, and like I said, when I got out of the car, that place was so electrified. It was, it was unreal. And not only that, just how many people are actually there, you don't realize it. So you're down there in that situation. I was like, it was, it was just awesome. I, I don't know any other way to describe it. It was definitely the highlight of my career for sure. 
you know, your dad then posted uh, something that I don't think a lot of people realized is that that Friday night win came on the anniversary of the passing of your grandpa. Did you realize that then, and and did that add anything to the the you know celebration or the weight of the situation? Oh, it definitely did afterwards. So when we went down there, we knew that it was going to fall on that day, and so we didn't know all along. But with so much stuff going on throughout the day, with you know as good as night we were having, and it wasn't on my mind until you know actually afterwards, we uh, were on our way back to the hotel there, and we were talking about it, and it was. Uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. You know, seven years later on the same day was, you know, has, I don't know, it was just unreal, like I said. Talk to me about, uh, you know, the Ben and the guys in Flow Racing, you know, and you kind of already have hinted to this, you know, you, you raced sporadically this year, picked up a $10,000 win, which we talked about, and they said $10,000 or not, this $5,000 win is going to be the biggest win of Cody Bauer's career. Do you agree with them just because of the stage that was set and everything like that, even though the dollar amount's less, with all the competition and everything that the Gateway Dirt Nationals is? Was that win oh, on Friday, but, that win was bigger? Bar none, I mean, for sure. I mean, just the amount of people that are watching there, you know. I mean, you got all them people in the dome watching, and you probably got twice as many watching on flow. So, um, you know, in the dirt world, you know, Thursday when we got there, I was, you know, no one probably had ever really heard of me. You know, and now a lot of people know of us. So that's kind of what that event's honestly all about is, is giving, you know, guys like me and a shot at going and running on a stage like that and being halfway competitive. Um, I thought it was pretty awesome the, the night I won. I, I bet I still haven't even returned all the texts that people have sent me. <laughs> there was honestly, when I got up Saturday morning, there was hundreds wow. of messages on my phone from people writing me back here in Michigan or even people I've never even talked to before. So I definitely appreciate all that, and I've been trying to get back to to everyone on that. How many requests? So, how many requests for merchandise have you got over the last uh, five days? Oh, it's been a lot. I know <laughs> she's uh, she's running my Facebook page, so my other half that is, and uh, and I know she's got a lot of shirts to send out. I think we did over just in the pits. We didn't even have a booth set up in the you know up in the venue there. We were just selling from my trailer because I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I think it costs you like 500 bucks to buy a booth or something. I'm like, I'm not gonna spend that. No way, I'm gonna make my money back out of it. So we just took some shirts in the trailer and sold them from there from bands that were stopping by. And I bet you Saturday, I think we sold over a thousand dollars in just t-shirt sales. <laughs> Dude, come oh. on now, that is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. So next year we're definitely gonna get a booth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I gotta ask you, Coach, because of Friday, normally you'd say, okay, uh, you know, you start on the pin, you finish seventh. Oh, not, you know, kind of disappointed. But man, you and your dad both had good runs on Saturday. Both of you finished seventh. Um, were you pretty satisfied with Saturday? I was. Um, I think I think we we're better than what we showed. Just kind of run into a couple issues, but. Um, yeah, I mean, how can you be um, not satisfied with it? You know, everyone that finished in front of me is you know, pretty much raced for a living. So um, to be not satisfied with it, I can't say that. Would I have rather done better? Definitely, for sure. Um, but we can always try again next year. Like I said, my weekend was made after Friday night for sure. So the outcome of Saturday was just a bonus. I got so many questions for you, Cody. I'm going to try to break these down for me. Um, I guess, first of all, let's talk about the racetrack. Uh, That track was different every single night. And, And in fact, I was always critical of the Gateway racetrack for being too rough. 
And then Friday, that track was smooth as a baby's bottom, and nobody was going anywhere uh, for the most part. I mean, there was some passing, but there was not a lot going on. Uh, I think it was either Friday or Thursday. Uh, that track yeah, was Thursday. really was really smooth. And they talked yeah. about, you know, maybe we need to chop up the bottom a little bit to make it so that it's not so dominant. Talk to me about the track prep. Talk to me about your thoughts on it. Obviously, you've raced up here in Michigan with racetracks that are tough, kind of one groove right around the bottom or where the top's dominant. You know, you're kind of used to that sort of thing. What was the track prep like? What was your opinion on them letting it get rough on Saturday? Um, I was really nervous watching Thursday because we were there just spectating. But, yeah, Thursday it was real smooth, one lane definitely. Um, you know, hardly any bumps at all, which is untypical for that place. So um, after Thursday night, I was kind of nervous. I'm like, man, I hope they, they do something different. And they did. You know, they come back Friday, and it was a completely different racetrack. I mean, even from the time we stepped on it for uh, the track walk, you could tell. I mean, they definitely had more moisture in it. And, you know, I tore it up, and, and that's exactly what they were aiming for, was getting a little more character in there, and it made the race way better Friday um, by far. Um, Saturday, that was – I think it I think it got a little little out of control from what they were aiming for, but still, it's it's a dome. you got to go there expecting that. It, it got pretty rough there Saturday, but it made for, made for some damn good racing. Kenny Wallace said in his post-race video, he said, you know, guys are asking, why would you go to the Dome just to tear stuff up? And he said, simply, it's the Dome. That's why you go. Uh, it's sort of the experience, and, you know, whether you tear something up or not, you go because it's the Dome. Uh, is that kind of your mindset, too? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, we go there. We actually put a brand-new body on this year, not because I wanted to, but because I had to. We had uh, <laughs> no spare um, body panels, and I'm like, there's no way we're going there without any spares because I guarantee you something's getting ripped off. So we ended up putting a brand new body on it to go down there and it held up pretty good. I mean, they all, all the panels got it done in them now, but, um, heck it, it, it fared out good, but for your question, I mean, I would say, yeah, you definitely got to go there planning on tearing stuff up. Um, it, it's hard to get away from that. And speaking of Kenny Wallace, I got to ask you because of the way the timing worked, you had you you guys were getting staged in the tunnel and getting ready for driver intros when the modified last chance race was on the track. The win and you're in, uh, the most viral thing to happen in racing probably in 2022. Uh, one lap dash to the finish. Kenny Wallace buries it in deep and turns one and two. Comes around and wins in St. Louis, his hometown. You got a front row seat to this. You're you're there probably getting ready for driver intros. Take me through what that was like from your perspective as a driver on driver and then as a race fan to just hear the roof come off of that place. Yeah, I honestly didn't get to watch it in person. I, I think we were actually, like you said, staging rolling the car up. But um, whenever he did that, when I, I watched the video of him getting up on the roof, and um, I think we were actually rolling the car up in the staging, and that place just went nuts. It was, it was pretty awesome. Um, and like I said, that's what that place is all about, man. I'm, I'm fans like to get rowdy there. It's, it's pretty cool. I got to ask you, you know, we, they had mentioned, uh, your 2022 season kind of picking and choosing Cody, right? Um, yeah. not, not staying at home, running, running for points anywhere. Um, you guys got any plans for 2023 to kind of open it up a little bit more or are you having fun just hitting and missing it and getting out on the road a little bit? Um, I don't know yet. Honestly, I'm trying to put put a couple things together for next year that I've been wanting to do. Um, whether we can actually make it happen or not, I'm not sure, but, uh, we're sure, sure going to try. Um, 
but I'll have to let everybody know that at a later date because I don't know if I can make it happen or not. So, hey, uh, you know, Cody, let's we, we got to give you a chance here why it's why it's fresh on your mind. But uh, I mean, you didn't just go there all on your dime. You had a but there. You know, you went out there with a sharp looking race car and there are a lot of people helping you. And we don't have time for you to list everybody in the track photo <laughs> because right. I, I don't I don't know that I've seen too many more than that. But uh, kind of talk about everybody who helped you out. Yeah, I mean, all my sponsors, uh, CNT Services, um, Tommy Bauer Excavating, Gladwin Metal Processing, Schaefer's Oil, um, Domination Race Cars, definitely a huge help there for me. Um, Pro Grade Concrete, SNS Collision, Christmas, Christmas Heating and Cooling, um, Racer Speed Shop, Autos Retreat, More Well Drilling, Schaefer's Oil. Um, what else we got here? I know I'm missing someone. Cider Brothers Lumber and there your insurance. There it is. I was waiting for the sound of somebody walking around his race car. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's reading the car. That's right. Hey, man, more power to you. I got I got all the panels laid out in the garage right now because we took the body off this thing. So I'm I'm going around reading them all. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I definitely definitely couldn't do it with all the help um, of everyone that supported me. You know, Austin, um, little Mike, Jake, my dad, um, my fiance, Christina, the kids, um, TJ and Lisa, Colton. Um, I'm trying not to forget anybody, but everybody that went down and lent a hand this weekend has definitely, definitely made it all possible because, like you said, I definitely couldn't do it by myself. And I uh, can't thank everybody enough that, that made that opportunity for me. Talking with Cody Bauer, the uh, Friday night winner at the Gateway Dirt Nationals. I want to go inside the production room a little bit with you. Uh, what was that process like working with Flo to get your intro video done, choosing the intro music, and then so for some reason uh, there's so much peer pressure to have some sort of smart-ass sign to come out of the tunnel <laughs> with. Uh, how was that? What was that? What was that all like? Well, it was pretty cool. So right after the race Friday, um, I think it's Michael Rigsby come down and grab me like we got to go do do your video if we can uh, get pulled a hundred different ways um and and they take you back in this little room and they have the producers back there and you basically i stood there and they tell you do this do that and back there 10 minutes and got all these lights going and stuff and while you're back there doing it it's like man what are they going to do with this like how are they going to make this look cool and then yeah. you go and watch the video and it's like oh my god that's amazing what they can make that turn into it was it was pretty surreal. I was like, it was unreal what they can do with that kind of stuff. Why back in black to come out of the tunnel? I didn't know. I honestly, I wasn't really thinking. ACDC has always kind of been my thing. And sure. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go with that. And um, went with back in black, just, just off the top of my head. They're like, oh, you got to pick something. So, so that's just uh, what was on my head. And that's what I picked. So it was pretty cool. Heck, when I was, I was in the tunnel standing there, and my song come on and I heard the crowd go crazy. Well, I didn't realize, I thought they were going over the the song, you know, like the ACDC. Well, I didn't realize my video was playing on the screen too. Nah, man, so, they're crazy about Cody Bauer. Let's go. Right. Like, that was pretty awesome when I got to rewatch the video and actually see it, you know, from a fan perspective. It was pretty cool. So, by the way, let me have you help you know, me and Rich, Brian Osborne, uh, you know, uh, all the announcers across the state, you realize that Cody, the real New Deal Bauer, is kind of a mouthful, right? Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> talk <laughs> I did, talk I to me about that. that. Just, I did that. Just uh, We're trying to think of something for me to do to walk out to. 
because last year I didn't do nothing, you know, just kind of walked out, you know, played my arms a little bit. And I'm like, well, this year we're literally the last one to go. So I'm like, we got to do something cool. So we're all sitting there thinking. And then, you know, as everybody at the Dome knows the deal that went on with Carpenter oh, yeah. and O'Neill and the, the new deal type deal. And so I'm like, you know what, let's try the real new deal, you know, for the Dome. And so we just went with that. And I think the fans actually liked that they, uh, they got pretty rowdy when I turned the check around. It was pretty cool. Have you, have you heard from Hudson yet? <laughs> no, no, he hasn't contacted me. <laughs> Might just be okay that way, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they all got a kick out of it. I know all the uh, Pierce and uh, Devin Moran and all them guys back there looking at it. They all thought it was pretty funny. So I'm sure everyone took it as a joke. I know that's how I did. So it was, it was pretty cool. You know, obviously, Rich and I being in the professional side of things and you being a race car driver, you know, we try not to get starstruck, but let's be honest, Tyler Erb, Devin Moran, you know, uh, Brandon Shepard, these guys that you got a chance to race against and beat, um, you know, and and actually, you know, let's talk about some of the guys, you know, that didn't even make the show, let alone you racing against them. What is that like? Obviously, you start on the pin, you start sliding backwards. Is there any part of you that's like, ha, you know, I just raced side-by-side side with Brandon Shepard, and ha, I just got my doors right. blown off by Tyler Erb. You know, is there any part right. of you that kind of takes that in a little bit, or is it all competition when you got the helmet on? Oh, well, it's competition, no doubt, but at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, the racing family. I honestly got to say one of the coolest parts of that whole win Friday night was um, I was pulling back to the trailer, and I think I was actually on the phone with Bob, the guy that owns, owns the motor, and we're talking, and, and no one's even back there yet because it's a long long walk from the dome out to the trailer and first guy over to my trailer to congratulate me was Brandon Shepard. No like, kidding. Wow. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. So I was, I'll definitely remember that forever. That was, that's pretty cool. I haven't come over there and he's like, man, good job. That was badass. So, you know, was, Cody, I'm crazy. not, I'm not a big, I'm not a big believer in divine intervention, right? I think you can go either way with it to teach their own, but you know, the deal with your grandfather and then the deal with, with Tyler picking up that win. Um, it's just amazing how things turn out like that sometimes. Right. Yeah, that was pretty unreal. Like I said, everybody there didn't know anything about it. So I was interviewing in Victory Lane. I even think a lot of his friends didn't even know. Um, so it was pretty unreal how I don't think there's many people that could have pulled off what he did that weekend because, I mean, before before the end of that feature Saturday, heck, he was just the normal turbo, you know, back you know, in staging when we're getting ready to go out for the intros. I mean, he was his normal self, you know. And, uh, yeah, when he went out there and did that, I think that kind of starstruck everybody. That was, that's a pretty sad deal. And definitely all our thoughts and prayers are out with him and, you know, and trying to heal from that. So We could talk about this all, all night because it is such a cool event. And uh, I told my wife, she was sitting here watching it with me, uh, when we were watching the feature and I was, you know, I'm dying at Kenny Wallace and then I'm dying at the race and it's so good and watching you and I was getting into it. And, uh, I said, you know, we're going next year, come hell or high water, we're going to this race. And, uh, so we could talk about it all night, but the last thing I got to ask you is the family side of it, Cody, you and your dad go out there, you both make your respective big dances. You both represent a great friend with Rusty Schlank and domination race cars, and you both you know, have a lot of fun, put the Bauer name on the map. I loved how your dad entered. That's, uh, you know, he said, uh, you know, hey, you know, it's, that's Chad the dad Bauer, uh, which I thought yeah. was, was awesome. Uh, just talk about that. Watching dad have a good run, him watching you have a good run, remembering pops, just the whole weekend as a family. 
Yeah, it was definitely awesome. The, the Chad the Dad thing, that was pretty funny because uh, Ben and Dustin up in the booth announcing they'd always get me and my dad backwards. So they'd call me, Chad, and my dad, Cody. I know, know what that's all about. Let me tell you right now, I know what that's all about. Zach, Zach does I, it. I still Zach do it. it. I still do it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so they come down afterwards and we're laughing about it and like, yeah, don't worry. Everybody does it. Heck, they even do it in the snowmobile still. My dad hasn't rode in probably 12, 15 years, whatever it's been. <laughs> yeah. I like so. Chad the dad, though. I'm not going to forget that. That's uh, That'll be yeah. that'll be pretty easy. Chad the dad. So, man. Yeah, that was pretty comical. <laughs> how, how cool. You guys already thanked your sponsors. I'm looking forward to Rusty Schlank making you the house driver because uh, clearly, I mean, you, you represented Domination Race Cars. Uh, you know, I mean, he's got the name, but you sure did the performance side of it this weekend. Right. Yeah, he, uh, he's definitely, like I said, and I, I said it in an interview there, you know, he's definitely up, upheld my career as far as helping me get to, to where we are this year. You know, when this year I've won the two biggest races, you know, of my career. So definitely wouldn't have been possible without him. And I can't thank him and Dusty and, and Danny and everyone there working at the shop enough for, for all the help and support that they, they always give me. Well, what I like, Cody, is there are not a lot of people that can get Rusty Schlenk up on top of a roof of a race car that isn't the one he was driving. And I thought that was pretty cool. That right, that, that, that reminded me. Yeah, that reminded me of the old uh, Michael Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt Jr. at yeah. Daytona on the roof of the car. That's what it reminded me of. Right. Yeah, that was. I know he was. He was. I haven't seen him that excited. I don't even think he was that excited for my tenth album. He was. He was amped up. That was. That's a big deal there, for sure, at the Dome, you know. Well, Cody, man, uh, we appreciate you making time to uh, still talk to the Little Horsepower Happenings guys now that you're a Big Shot Gateway Dirt Nationals feature <laughs> winner. Um, and, uh, you know, because I know there are people who are listening who are going to want in on that merchandise. How can they take advantage of that? Um, they can write our page, the Cody Bauer Racing page. Um, they send a message there. We can uh, we can send, send shirts out to, you know, pretty much anywhere in the U.S., so. If you're looking for something there, we can we can get out get it out to you as soon as possible. Cody, congratulations, man! What a hell of a weekend you had! It was so much fun to sit back here at home and watch you tear it up with the big dogs. And uh, looking forward to seeing what I think this sets you up uh, for 2023. Guys are going to be watching out for you, so uh, looking forward to seeing what you got down the line. Alrighty, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Well, it was a pleasure to get a chance to talk with Cody and and really kind of live vicariously through him. Um, yeah, again, just talking with him solidifies. When tickets go on sale, I'm buying them first, and then I'm going to try to get media credentials, and then I'm going to get pit passes. I'm going to have access to every place in the Dome. I want it. I need it. i got to have it. We're going. <laughs> I, I think it's funny because, you know, as much as we talk to Cody, and, and he's really good giving us time whenever we ask, right, um, when he talks, you could never tell that he's excited. I know. He, I mean, he, I, I would have been screaming through the roof in this interview. I did it. I, and and he's so calm. I, I, I love that about him, you know. I mean, he just – He's just so calm, and you got to know that inside he was just got just out of his mind with what happened. Because Absolutely. how do you process that? Well, hey, maybe one day uh, we'll get a chance to use Cody Bauer in a Gary Did You Know segment, uh, and he'll be an answer. Who is the Michigan driver who got the win on the Saturday or the Friday night portion of the Gateway Dirt Nationals? Cody Bauer. There you go. Cody That's Bauer. a Gary Did You Know question. <laughs> we do have some to go over. Let's talk about those answers. All right, Zach, so we're going to go over the answers from Gary's quiz number 20. And so we're going to get right into this. Man, we've had a busy show tonight, haven't we? we A lot of stuff to unpack. Yeah. So question number one was, what are Scott Hans's two nicknames? I had had Hurricane. 
I think everybody in the English speaking world probably had hurricane. Right. So, and that's what, uh, one of our, one of the race fans, Rich Bean, uh, on Facebook said he had hurricane, but I don't think anybody knew the second one, which was scoot. All right. That was news to me when I, uh, kind of a play off of Scott, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So, all right, so nobody got that. Question number two, what tires did John Ramos sell? I was out to lunch. And so was I, because this had, just because of the answer, we know how long ago it was. Yeah. Uh, But Rich Bean, he tried this one again. He got it right, so he was one and a half for two. And the answer was McCreary. McCreary tires is what John Ramos sold. Question number three, George Folk and his tire truck could be found at many short tracks in the 60s and 70s. There aren't a whole lot of us around that w- would know that, right? That Gary. What was, what, except Gary. What was his real business? Of course, I had no answer for this. And I didn't either. But uh, George Folk sold appliances, sold appliances. So you can obviously see the connection between selling appliances and, and selling tires and selling <laughs> tires at a racetrack, right? <laughs> Question number four. Uh, I figured somebody else would get this. I This had to be back in the day as well. They called this flagman the Mad Canadian. Uh-uh. Out to lunch. Out to lunch. This is a rough week for you, Zach. Yeah, I know. It? Hey, I got I got yeah. Hurricane Scott hands. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, half on half. That's on right. Four. That's right. And the answer was the Mad Canadian was Brian Hambly. Did Brian you know this Hambly one? Was the, I did not. I did not know that one. I was. We got the same I, amount of points this week, Rich. So I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I, I, was, I was more on your level, half out of four. That's right. So, that's right. Cool. So we're gonna we're gonna have to beg Gary to hey help us out here. We were. I was getting pretty good there for a while. He was kind of. He was putting the know, curve on us. He was giving the grade the curve, right? He was getting everybody yeah, yeah. in there. And, and I want to call out. I got to call out this fan uh, that we have on Facebook, Dwayne uh, Turner. Um, Dwayne said that he knew them all, every single one of them but he never posted them down. So I'm going to say, Dwayne, you didn't know any of them. You didn't know any of them. You didn't, post- you didn't prove it. You didn't put it in, our, in writing. You got to put it in, put writing. It in writing. But uh, no, I love fans getting, I love the fans getting involved in listening. And even Gary's got a bunch of friends that um, from back in the day when he did the quiz uh, for the Mark times, uh, they're all having a lot of, a lot of fun when, when Gary does this every month. So uh, we're going to keep that going. Okay, Rich, now we've done uh, this part of the show where we kind of look at the trivia, and now we move into another part of the show that may be a reason for trivia in a couple of years. This is this is a pretty cool deal that we got going on here. Yeah, Zach, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of jumped on board, literally, uh, becoming part of the board at, for the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. And, and this year, uh, I, I talked to uh, the people, and they thought it would be a great idea to release their special award winners right here on Horsepower Happenings. So tonight we have the president of the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club, John Jackson, joining us. John, welcome in. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. It's really great to be with you. Man, kind of just go through a, a brief process, tell the fans, um, you know, you don't just throw names in a hat. What is the process for these special awards? Well, we kind of uh, start when after this year's been, well, actually, right now we still have some names in the hat for, that we considered this year that we're going to continue to consider throughout the year, but we have a number of awards we give out, as you know, we give out, uh, in addition to the ones we're going to talk about tonight, we have fan of the year, we have promoter of the year. So we just don't make a decision, uh, right. You know, at one meeting in, in November, we, uh, we, we look out through the whole year, see who's doing what, what's going on. We have, uh, we have, we have our, uh, 
agents or our spies out looking for, for things, if you want to say. So we have we have a pretty nice uh, list of uh, candidates, and it really makes it for a tough job to try to decide the winners for these. But uh, we do, we have to do it each year. John, I want to ask you uh, before we get started. You're kind of you're nearing in on an anniversary for being the president of Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. Uh, you know, obviously you've been with with the club for such a long time, and uh, you know had kind of watched how everything went. How's this first year gone for you from the pilot seat? Well, it has just been an experience. I, I got to tell you that uh, it's. It, it's it's amazing how much is involved with this. Uh, I, I joked around with uh, with uh, Wild Bill Barnhart and uh, Dave Dehem uh, a little while ago, and I said, you know what, you guys lied to me. Ah. <laughs> they said, well, yeah, it's just a piece of cake. You do this, you do that. Boy, it's 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 uh, it's at least a part time, if not a three quarter time job, just to keep things going. And it's, it's one thing after another. But I love it. Uh, I think one of the best things about this year is getting out and seeing all the uh, all of our members at the tracks on fan club nights. Made every one of them this year, all 19 of them. How about that? And uh, and so did David Howe. And 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 uh, there was other ones that were made a lot, but we made 100% of them this year. Um, and uh, able to get wow. down into the pits and talk to drivers at each one of the tracks. It's just been a just a real treat for the year. So thanks for asking me about that. It's it's it, I love our members out there. We see them week after week. It's it's really great experience. Absolutely. All right, John. Well, hey, let's uh, without further ado, uh, shall we dive into our uh, award announcements for this year's Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Banquet? And uh, we'll kind of start. Uh, you know, to, I don't I don't even know how to say this because all of these awards through uh, the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. You're honored so much uh, as somebody, Rich, I know you can speak on this, as somebody who we've been honored by the Michigan Art Racing Fan Club. Any sort of award from this group is a really cool thing. Yeah, it really is, you know, um, and, you know, I don't think we were expecting it last year, but, you know, we, we'll do it. We'll continue to do everything we can to support motorsports and the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club in the state of Michigan. But, John, we're going to start with your Special Achievement Award. Um, and what, what kind of went into this? And I'll let you take it from there. Well, we, well, you know, a couple of our members brought this up and we said, we talked about it quite, quite some length. And we, we wanted to say, what is, what is, uh, is somebody that deserves an award that maybe doesn't fit into an exact category, but we want to recognize them. And we, and one of the names that popped up was, uh, definitely was, uh, a veteran driver of the, uh, Sports Car Club of America over a 25 year career. Uh, including the Hoosier Super uh, Tour, the World Challenge, the Ford Pro Series. Um, and now he's involved in his own uh, racing company, Capaldi uh, Racing. And so that's Leo Capaldi. Um, is just a really, really neat guy. I talked, I was had conversations with him. He's just there. Uh, they work very closely with Ford and their Ford uh, racing performance. And, uh, and, in fact, he told me uh, when we were talking on the phone uh, that they're currently uh, working on some improvements on the Mustang right now it's in, 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 in the racing field. So uh, it's really pretty cool. And the, uh, one other thing I want to add is that his, uh, his grandchildren are Marfac Junior Fan Club members and great racers by themselves with go-karts. So and that's I did, cool. Yes. Yeah, so Leo, Leo is, is, is we're really excited about having him be the uh, special achievement award winner. Okay, so we'll move up to the next one, and and these are always pretty cool because these are really stout people. Um, 
you know, in our motorsports community. The Vito LaPiccolo uh, Marfac Contribution to Motorsports Award. And I think I can probably say because uh, there were so many that uh, that deserve this honor, we had to go with two this year. Yeah, let's uh, let's start with the with the one uh, that I know that uh, we had some really great discussion about with Rick on that, and so um, we uh, we want to give that award to uh, Rick Eshelman, who uh, unfortunately passed away this this year, but he was uh, announcer of the World of Outlaws, the uh, uh, late model series, as we all know. Um, just uh, just it was, that was, this was this was an easy decision for us. Um, that Rick. Uh, did you want to say anything more about that? Because I know you uh, you had a lot to say at our meeting about this. Yeah, I, th- I just thought it was pretty cool. You know, Rick, Rick, this is where Rick started his career, right, in the state of Michigan. Um, you know, walking around the pits at Flat Rock Speedway, you know, getting notes on drivers. And and he made a nice career of himself. And, and really, uh, throughout the world, he's known for his dirt racing ability. So I thought this was uh, hands down a no-brainer as well, John. Yeah, I did too. You know, and the more I found out about Rick, the more I saw uh, his influence on other uh, uh, announcers that around the state of Michigan uh, that ha- that took lessons from him. You know, like going down in the pits and talking to the to the drivers, finding out what's going on, and keeping the records of them, and so that you can. So they really had a good background. So I see his influence on that as just, uh, just fantastic. Okay, and then our second Vito LaPiccolo Marfac Contribution to Motorsports Award. Yeah, that's Jim uh, Cavallaro. Um, that some of the uh, people might know him. He is one of the founders of Diamond Racing Engines, which is now uh, Diamond Pistons. Uh, they founded back in 1968 and uh, was back in the muscle car era. So, so see, what's that got to do with racing? Well, it really uh, moved along and uh, became. Um, uh, branched out and uh, in all kinds of uh, engine building and in fact uh, one of the neat things about this is if you look back on it and and uh, they built pro stock engines did head work and even uh, had the nascar contract to build all the engines for iroc the iroc series was uh, which is really really pretty cool so we we thought he was uh, definitely a, a, a great recipient for the vito lo piccolo award so that's a very special award for us and then uh, as we move on up the line, John, uh, the, from here on out, uh, you know, folks can, can say that they got an award that was in the likes of the folks of Zach Heiser and Rich France and Horsepower Happenings. Uh, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> kidding, of course, because uh, this is one of those awards uh, that has kind of evolved over time with the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club, and that's the Motorsports Media Award. Yes, it has. And, and I, I remember when I first uh, met uh, Melinda, probably this Melinda Russell is our recipient this year. Uh, I remember meeting her at the uh, Michigan Speedway Promoters Association meeting. It had to be about four years ago. Uh, and she was the founder and the CEO of the Women's Motorsports Network, uh, specifically working with women and the International Women's Motorsports Association. She also has a podcast called Racing, Racing Girls Rock. Uh, and, uh, and she uh, has an online uh, magazine, uh, which really promotes um, uh, women in, in racing. Uh, I know recently I saw or listened to one she had, uh, Taylor Ferns, which many of you probably know about. She was on talking to Taylor about, uh, about her racing. So, yeah, she's, she's really got that niche, and she's really working on it, and she does a lot of coaching with the women, too. And on top of that, her uh, 
her grandchildren uh, race, uh, have been racing in the Kalamazoo area and, and they're all the way moved up through the quarter midgets, all the way up through the front wheel drives and even the street, street stock. And by the way, that's his granddaughters uh, are doing that racing over at Kalamazoo now. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, we had a chance to talk to Melinda on the show uh, a couple of seasons ago, and, and it really is cool what she's doing there for the for the women of our of our industry. All right, now this one, of course, uh, this is this is we're getting up to the top of the coveted awards through the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club, and uh, this next one, the Eddie Sachs Memorial Lifetime Achievement Award. What a what an honor this one is. It absolutely is uh, for the man uh, that uh, this is named after, and his uh, son Eddie Sachs Jr. is the one that presents this award. Uh, I remember watching the recipient of this back in the day, uh, IndyCar racer. He started out his career in 1972 USAC Music Car Championship. He won that. 23 feature wins by the time he left that series five years later. Um, and guess what? He uh, he won. His only race that he won in that was at the Michigan MIS. He won that race out there. Um, he... Uh, he drove his first Indianapolis 500 in 1974. And by the way, that is uh, Dwayne Poncho Carter. Poncho Carter is, is the recipient of that award this year. Um, and uh, he, can, he can, continued on to be a spotter for other IndyCar drivers and actually raced uh, 14 races in NASCAR over a 10-year period. Pretty cool guy. I talked to him on the phone. He's just really, really interesting uh, guy and uh, looking forward to coming and receiving the award. Now, now we get up to the President's Award, and I think we have to admit uh, this one's right up there, cream of the crop. Um, this one's pretty special. It is. This is the top one. This is the one we do a lot of talking about, and we try to uh, get somebody that really represents the best in all of uh, all of our um, motorsports here. And I guess I'm going to try something with you if I can. I've got to, I'm going to give you some clues as to who this might be. And if you don't know after I give you these clues, you could say, go on. All right. Is that a, is that a deal? Sure, John. Give that it works. A shot. Let's yeah, go. why not? Yes. He's a native of Michigan, but no longer makes his home here. That leaves the door pretty wide open. <laughs> Next. Okay. He started his racing career in Michigan. Uh, still, still, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, still, still open. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. We're going to get a little more specific here. He has raced in ARCA, Camping World, Bush Grand National, Nationwide, Sprint Cup, ASA, ARCO, and other series. Oh. So it starts to narrow it in a little bit. Starts to narrow that list down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now his second place finish in the Nationwide Series for Fitz Bradshaw racing was the highest ever for that team i'm looking at you rich i'm looking at you <laughs> okay i'm going to give you one more this, this will probably do it for you if it doesn't the next one's gonna his family has four members in the michigan motorsports hall of fame including himself wow oh oh oh, oh. wow okay all right and that's uh, just for just for the sake of the show why don't you give us that final clue john Okay, he has spotted for many NASCAR drivers, including Bill Elliott, A.J. Allmendinger, and been the spotter for the past eight years for the Stuart Haas number four, driven by 2014 NASCAR Cup champion Kevin Harvick. I got it. Who is it. Who is Tim Fidoa? <laughs> hey, there you go. All right. <laughs> hey, thanks for playing along with that. Uh, yeah, Tim's excited about this. 
We just say we're not real bright here, John. We just needed every one of them. That's right. That's right. It took all of them. I, I, my first clue was you wouldn't know this. He was, you know, his dad was a friend of mine back in the day when we I used to hang around uh, Corrigan Oil Speedway at that time called Spartan Oil, uh, Spartan uh, Speedway. But uh, yeah, his dad's Butch Fidoa. But man, and you're right. That, that Fidoa name, though, you're you're right. That's a great point, man. They they are all over this uh, this state, and and uh, what a what a name. Yeah, because I remember the first race I saw, I think it was the Capital City Speedway with his uh, grandpa, uh, uh, Willie Fidoa, was driving there. And then I uh, was around uh, when Gary and Butch were uh, driving. And uh, now uh, we've uh, granted uh, Tim this uh, our top award. So we're looking forward to this. This is going to be a great banquet come up January 21st. John, uh, man, I want to say thank you so much for uh, allowing Horsepower Happenings to help you announce these uh, great awards and uh, you hear, heard it here for first with the horsepower happenings podcast tonight uh so uh, john thank you so much and congratulations to uh, the award recipients who will uh, be presented coming up in january leo capaldi rick eshelman uh jim cavallero uh melinda russell poncho carter and tim fidoa all going to be recognized at the michigan auto racing fan club banquet coming up in january and john uh folks still need to tickets are still available is that right yeah, yes, they are. They can go on our uh, Marfac, M-A-R-F-C dot org or our Facebook page. And there's information on how to get those tickets uh, that's up in the banquets in Chesterfield Township, January 21st. Uh, and it, it'll give a full explanation on the web page there. All right, John, man, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Congratulations to all the award recipients. And, John, we'll see you in about a month or so. Hey, you got it. Looking forward to it, guys. I know. Well, put the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club banquet on the upcoming calendar. But before then, Rich, we have an opportunity to talk about other races that are going to go round and round in circles. And uh, not too far from home, it's another indoor venture for us uh, if we want to make the trip down to Fort Wayne. And I've been down there for the, the rumble at Fort, Fort Wayne. Uh, tough days, December 30th and 31st. So uh, you're going to be down in Fort Wayne on New Year's Eve. If you're a race fan, yeah, I guess so. But uh that's a, that's a tough weekend, but yep, December thirtieth and thirty first. That's the next action I know about anywhere within our within the Great Lakes Midwest region. Right, um, and it's a pretty popular event, so I enjoyed it. Uh, there's some good racing down there uh, with the midgets that show up down there. So I, I we'll have to see as it gets a little bit closer. Maybe I can go down there for one day. Tell you what, coming up next week, we're going to try to get Steve Irwin and Darren Nida in the show. They just announced today before we went on that they're getting rides for the Chili Bowl Nationals coming up uh, in January, so see if we can talk to them. Get an update on how Darren did this year in a full-size car, see why Steve's been kind of quiet, and um, talk a little dirt track racing next week on the program here on Horsepower Happenings. But until then, I want to say thanks so much to Cody Bauer for making time for us, John Jackson, all the folks down at the Snowball Derby who let Rich France invade their space and their time, and I want to say thanks to Rich for going down there and uh, capturing all the action that happened down at the Snowball Derby. Appreciate you so much for doing that, and uh, glad you made it home safe and uh, just in time for another episode of Horsepower Happenings. We'll talk to you next week, same time, same place, right here. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.